heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. All right, welcome back to yet another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. I feel like I'm starting these intros like Tom Quiet off Metallica now. Yet another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. I'm Tom Quee, and uh, we're here with Tiffany Simonson. Hey, Tiffany, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, Clint. Thanks. How are you? I'm very good. I'm on the road here in Birmingham in a green room. I feel like any minute all of my band dudes are going to crash through the door and make noise, so I'm just going to... Keep hoping out for a quiet silence while we talk about the show. You were at the Milwaukee show last night. That's what we're going to talk about, of course. And uh, what what was the number count for your Metallica shows? What did last night bring it to? Uh, well, uh, 11 total, and uh, it was the third for this tour. Okay. Third and final, I should say, for this tour. Oh, nice. Yeah. What were the other two that you saw? Uh, we saw both the uh, Madison and Minneapolis concerts. We live in Minneapolis. Right, so, so. that's kind of your area. Yep. That was nice that you guys got three shows. Were you able to see the stadium tour at all last year? Uh, no, we did see... Uh, so we saw up here in 2016 when they opened up the U.S. Bank Stadium. Right. You know, that kind of like kicked off the whole hardwired thing. Right. Um, but no, we didn't make it to any of, the, any of the shows last year. Was that the show where they did that sort of Facebook sound check thing where fans got to come the night before and watch a sound check? Am I getting that right? <sighs> no, it... We, <laughs> No, because uh, Luke Bryan or yeah. someone like that. Yeah, he he did the like the true first concert for U.S. Stadium, gotcha. which was Friday night, and then Metallica was Saturday. Luke Bryan. So, yeah, that's my world. Yeah. That's in that's that's in my uh, country stuff right there. Yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with country music Not mine. at all? So, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd be surprised at that same type of answer from everyone in my band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you p- people don't know this, but you were kind of like a uh, you're like a benevolent angel to metal up your podcasts. Many of the <laughs> things that we have passed on to patrons and listeners was actually donated to the show by you. Like you, I guess you guys collected a bunch of stuff for a while. Is that the case? Yeah i I used to like to collect a lot of things, uh, and then a few years ago kind of found minimalism and a lot of the things I had just really didn't have any I don't know much meaning other than there was a compulsion behind buying it right and I mean really my most meaningful thing is the uh live shit binge and purge set that my husband gave me the first year we were dating for Christmas Hmm. um and beyond that I just I had been wanting to get rid of stuff but I didn't want it to just go to like a garage sale and you know Right. Get a dollar for it for our dog rescue. And so the biggest thing was trying to find a way to get it in the hands of someone who would appreciate it. And actually, I looked through my email. It was a year ago today that I emailed you guys. Wow. And was like, hey, I've got some T-shirts. <laughs> well, from that to like so- several of the fan cans, the we talked yep. about it before we started rolling, the McFarland dolls, which I did choose to keep selfishly. Yep. And uh, we just got these great little... Uh, metallica mason jars that i haven't even sent those to ethan yet he'll be so stoked especially for his birthday which was yesterday exactly the whiskey in the jar that's right so you you were you're like an og fan right it says like i have a little bit of your story you learned about the band in 86 right 
Yep, yep. I was uh, I was in eighth grade, and we were doing a project for English where we had to write like a newspaper article to start on page one and continue on a later page, and then we had to actually like cut out articles from a newspaper to paste on, you know, our paper and build a newspaper out of it. And when I was doing my arts and music section, I came across this very tiny article about a band that had had an accident and a band member died. Hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't until a couple of years later that, you know, I found Headbangers Ball on MTV. Um, you know, back then, the Sam Goody and the Musicland, where I bought all my albums from, they didn't have those listening stations. Right. At least not at the mall I went to in Milwaukee. And, you know, making $2 an hour babysitting, you didn't just kind of randomly go buy an album that was going to be five or six hours of your time to mm -hmm. be able to pay for. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wasn't until I heard or I saw the video for one and was, you know, both terrified but also hooked. Right. That then... Uh, I very discreetly bought the Master of Puppets cassette tape so that I could hide it if necessary uh, from my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that quickly became my favorite album with Battery being my favorite song. I wonder how much of that, ha I mean, this is kind of a philosophical rant I go on sometimes, but the fact that you really had to, it was the, the record you chose to buy had to be so meaningful to you because you had to work so hard to get it. And once you got it, it was going to be all you had until you saved up enough money to get the next one. I wonder yep. how much that, the context of getting that record, um, explains your bond to the band. These days, it yeah. just seems so easy to get everything you want, which coming from, like you, I had to work so hard for everything I had when I was a kid, music-related. And it, I appreciate now how convenient everything is, but I, w I wonder if people, like listeners, aren't going to have that same connection to music that it seems like a lot of Metallica fans have, you know? Yeah, yep. Well, and actually, the only reason I chose puppets was because of all the crosses on the cover. I thought that would be easier to explain as my mom was a Sunday school superintendent at our church. But no, it's a Christian um, band. Look at all the crosses. Right. I'm like, so maybe. You know, I, I did have some Striper albums, which, you know, made some of that stuff more okay. Right. But I thought crosses would be easier to explain if I got caught. Yeah, never mind. I never the, did. Never mind yeah. the demon hands holding the, oh, uh, no, no, no. the marionettes or anything. Barely see him. <laughs> That's really funny. That's actually Ethan's story too. Is he he saw yeah. the video for one, and then he bought the first record that grabbed his eye, which was Puppets. Yeah, yeah. So and so yeah. it says here, Puppets, your favorite record. Battery, your favorite song. That's consistent. Yep. But you have here that your one album for the rest of your life would be S and M, which I I thought was yeah. an interesting choice. I I love S and M, and it was it was the first album that my husband you know, truly fell in love with too. I, I, I'm a sucker for people who are talented enough to take music and also be able to compose orchestral music to go with it. I mean, Michael came in, I think is a genius or right. was a genius. Right. Um, and at that point, James's voice had just matured to the point where some of like the older stuff that Jeff couldn't really get into, he suddenly started to like. Hmm. Um, so we had we had the CD everywhere. I mean, it was in the house. We had a copy in the car, and for the longest time, it was just kind of like our go-to. And I mean, yeah, I I could never tire of listening to it. I, I have the same similar connection to it. I feel like it. <clears throat> there's certain songs the orchestra works better on than others, but just as uh, it's like the set list is so great, and the performance is so Absolutely. good, and I love James's voice in that year. That it's yep. kind of a that's kind of a desert island one for me too. If I had if I was forced to pick one. Yeah, for where you, sure. Where do you stand on the load reload stuff? I, I, I don't love them, but I don't categorically dislike them like 
maybe say in anger. Right. Um, which uh, also, I, I won't necessarily turn it off if it comes on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had load, uh, I, yeah, I had the load tape for in the car, you know, for back when the car only took cassettes. Yep. There, you know, there weren't CDs for the car. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of a go-to tape for when the radio sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my first yeah. car didn't even have a tape player. Yeah. <laughs> I was just stuck with the shitty radio. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this. Even more pertinent to that. So you're a Puppets cat, 86, when you sort of discovered the band. What did you think about the Black Album? You know, I, I liked it. I, yeah. I, I'm not one of the haters. Right. I, I liked it. You know, it it brought a lot of great songs. And there was, again, too, you know, just that bit more maturing of James's vocals. And I, I liked it. And the first time you saw the band, so am I getting this right? The first time you saw them was in 2000. Yep, yep. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to go to concerts. Okay. Um, my my dad just kind of famously said, I don't want her to be exposed to that element, hmm. whatever that was. And I mean, back when I was growing up, I mean, everyone was going to Bon Jovi. I mean, really, would that have been so bad? Right. Um, Maybe. And <laughs> I... <laughs> Maybe for different reasons than he thought. Exactly. Um but, you know, once I, let's see, in high school and in college, I didn't really have any friends who shared the same musical taste. Right. And so, you know, I didn't have anyone to go with. Um, you know, when I first started working then after college, I was just finally getting to the point where I could, you know, realistically and uh, in an adult way afford a ticket. Yeah. But I still had no one to go with. Um, and then finally, that short, uh, what was it called? M2K ringing in the Metlinium mm. concert was announced and they did like what 16 concerts I think um and there was someone that my husband worked with he was a grad student at the college where my husband worked who was like yeah I'd go with Tiff to see them I was like sweet so uh they ended up doing three nights here because the first concert had sold out so quickly and so we managed to get tickets uh for one of the nights and then the week before the concert I won tickets through the radio station by you know Caller number 93 wins a pair of tickets to the concert. Um, I happen to know from my husband's younger brother who works in radio that, you know, they didn't answer the phone 93 times. Right. You know, they answered the phone a handful of times and, you know, basically tried to anticipate how you were going to respond based on, you know, what they said when they answered the phone. Um, so kind of knowing this and actually, first of all, having it ring, which, you know, it never did. It was always busy when you right. would try to call in. Um, but then he answered the phone and I kind of tried to, you know, I was like, yeah, what number am I? And he was like, you're calling number 93, at which point I just kind of let it go. No fucking way. Are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit. I don't believe. And I just, I went, um, you know, and he laughed and then all of a sudden like his radio voice ended and he sounded normal and he's like, all right, I got to edit that. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm like, wow. all right. You know, so he went through and beep, beep, beep. And, you know, sure enough, I won tickets. Um, and then, He's like, all right, well, now you're going to be entered into the grand prize drawing, and that's tickets to all three nights, and you get to go backstage and meet the band, and one of the nights you get to watch the concert from the suite, the, the radio suite. And I was like, oh, boy. Um, Jeff had told his brother, and he's and he, like, listened to it on the radio because they were playing it all week all week long, you know, the winner's responses. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, Tiff, you're going to win. He's like, be sure you have your cell phone ready because you're going to win. 
And sure enough, it was like quarter to nine on Friday morning at work and my cell phone started ringing and I was working in a cube farm. So I grabbed it and I just immediately started running for a conference room and uh, answered the phone breathlessly as I slammed the door shut. And they're like, you know, is this Tiffany? Yes, it is. And they're like, we're calling from 93X. You're a grand prize winner. So, you know, once again, I, but at this point, you know, I wasn't even faking it. I was like, holy shit, are you fucking kidding me? And <laughs> yeah. after a little bit, they're like, hey, you know, uh, have you heard of radio bloopers and practical jokes? And at this point, I was like, okay. And they're like, congratulations, you didn't win Jack. You know, this is a radio blooper. And I was like, no way, fuck you. At which point they all start laughing. They're like, no, 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 you're going. Oh like, my God, it never ends. <laughs> we're just kidding. No, we're serious. No, you won, but you didn't win. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, there was a roller coaster of emotions on that. And I'm looking at the set list for these three shows. I mean, first of all, they're opening up each set with a cover. So you get to see Bread Fan, yeah. Don My Darling, and Last Caress. That's a yep. fun idea, opening with a cover. Yeah. And you yep, got Whiskey was... in the Jar. Yep. I've actually, I've heard Whiskey, I think, four times through the 11 shows. You also got a rare uh, Dodo Bird performance of the Outlaw Torn on the third night. That looks pretty fun. Right? Yeah, which, you know, coming off of S&M is fun to hear. Yep. And then this was the tour where they were, they had a rotating slot, but they were ending their third encore with Creeping Death. Holy shit. Yeah, which for the first time concert, and I've, I've adored that ever since, you know, just kind of looking around and seeing people who it is clearly their first concert, just kind of getting this look of terror over their face, you know, when everyone just starts with the dies. Right. And um, we saw that at the the Minneapolis show here at the beginning of, the, of September. There was a six-year-old. She couldn't have been more than six. I mean, cute as a button. And, I mean, she just looked petrified yeah. when that started. What have I gotten myself <laughs> into? Some sort of eyes wide yeah. shut cult. <laughs> Exactly. So you got to meet Jay. So. Did you get to meet the whole band or just Jason or how did um, that work? Well, they said it was going to be the whole band. Uh, it ended up being just Jason, but I don't mean it that way. You yeah, know, yeah. just Jason. Right. Um, um, and that night, actually, I ended up taking Jeff with me, even though up until that point, he just kind of like categorically didn't enjoy concerts. He's like, I'd much rather just get a case of beer and sit at home and, you know, crank the CD. Mm. Um totally the opposite of me. And, um, but so I was having a hard time finding someone to go with for one of the shows. And after a while he was like, you know, um, I'm starting to get the impression that this is more important to you than our wedding day, which is okay. Um, but I was wondering, could I come with? I was like, good man. Okay. Come with. And so I took him with the night that we watched it from the suite and we went backstage. Did he have a good time? Um, Oh, he had a great time. Yeah. Um, So we got backstage and I want to say maybe the room held like 40 people and we all kind of stood around the perimeter of the room. You know, there were no photos. You know, this is back what you had little Nokia bar phones, maybe. Um, And uh, we stood around and waited for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, like four or five people came in and there were some, I mean, what I would call like trues that were next to us. And they kind of stopped and they looked and they were like, who's that? Because it was Jason in like a pair of Dockers and Timberlands and like a brown on brown Cosby sweater. Mm, nice. And, I mean, you, you know, but I mean, this is 18 years ago and he looked like someone's dad. What was he going you know? for there? Shop house <laughs> yeah. dad. I, something. It was, it was pretty hilarious, you know, and the hair was all short. And, but I mean, he made his way around and, you know, Jeff, 
met him before I did. And I mean, you didn't even get 30 seconds with him. You know, if, if you were able to say much of anything, you right. know, kudos to you, because it was just kind of like a quick sign. And they had given us all the like the S&M, you know, like if you took the cover off the album, right. it's like a big glossy 12 by 12. So we were able to get that signed along with like he signed our tickets. Um, but, you know, Jeff just said, you know, I just got to let you know, my wife here is the biggest fan. I'm just lucky enough to be coming along with. I just can't let you walk away thinking that, you know, I'm the reason we're here because she'll kill me. <laughs> and um, he just he looked in Jeff's eyes and he just very sincerely said, well, you know what? I hope we put on a good show for you. Oh. And shook his hand, and it was just kind of like, "Oh my God, you're so nice!" Yeah, no, <laughs> stop it, stop being so yeah. nice. Exactly. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was just impressive, and like that's never left Jeff. I mean, he he tells people that every single time it comes up. Wow. You know, um, you know, and I could basically just, you know, trip over myself, and you know, I'm just, I'm a huge fan. I've, you know, thought you were fantastic. I was thrilled to see you join the band. You know, blah blah blah. And he was on. You know, shook the hand. Glad you're here. Nice to meet you. And on he went. Wow. Um, but it was still fantastically thrilling. Yeah, I bet. I mean, and for yeah. many of us, he's, he's sort of everything that you just described about how he behaved is kind of how we see him in our mind anyway. He's it's like so exactly. nice to hear that he really is that guy. Oh, yeah, he totally was. And totally. You, was. And you started this. You've sent it to me. But this thing, this thing that you do called bingo at the shows. Yeah. Yep. Um, where you have. So... like, Yeah. The, name some of the the people in the squares that you have to get. Okay. Well, I I think your favorite was um, mullet chick. Mullet chick, yeah. Right? So if you spot these people, you basically X them off, and you see who gets a bingo at a Metallica show. Exactly. So for the Minneapolis concert the time around, um, we happen to know like ten people who were going to be going. So you know, clearly people who I've become friends with over the years has changed, and I have people now in my music camp. Um, and a lot of people had been to either Metallica or metal shows in the past. And so we had just made a Google document where anybody could go in and add different types of people they've seen at shows. You know, so some of them were, you know, neck tattoos, uh, you know, witness vomiting in action, mm -hmm. suburban dad chaperoning kids. Um, but we had the 25 bingo squares and then we had 10 extras on the sides where you could get bonus points if you got a, a picture of it. <laughs> Um, and so it was just kind of a fun way to kill time before the show. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And Jeff won the first round in Madison. I won the second round in Minneapolis. And then he kicked my ass last night in Milwaukee. So he won the tiebreaker. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna post that because you give me permission to post that on the socials, right? Yeah. You I'll go right ahead. Yep. I'll post the bingos after we uh, drop this tonight. And uh, everyone can print them out and play along if they want to. I think that's a really fun, interesting way to get through the show. Because God knows we've seen all these people. I mean, I, I saw Iron Maiden a couple years ago. And I was down in the pit with my friend Kevin. and I could The bingo would have been real serious at the Iron Maiden show. It was really fascinating looking around. Our center square was uh, Smell Pot, and actually last night we didn't, which we were both floored over. Wow. I just almost immediately associate that with with a, a live show i know i know well that's why i thought it would be perfect in the center square you know because yeah, at all other shows it's like oh there it is check but last night no <laughs> well let's talk about last night let's talk about the show so i haven't had a uh, as much a chance as i'd like to kind of follow the set list it does seem like they kind of backed off of the uh the first few shows of this tour or this leg of the tour they were pulling out some pretty rare stuff and now it, it seems like they've backed off that a little bit do you what, what do you oh, make of Austin? that well, no, not. I'm talking about uh, in September. 
You saw a couple of them where they they played No Leaf Clover, oh, they gotcha. played Unforgiven Three, they played Cyanide. It seems like oh, we haven't really no gotten No Leaf Clover. That was fantastic. Right, like it kind of seemed like out of the gate that they were gonna they had what was kind of appeared to be at first like a kind of rarity slot that yeah. now they're pretty yeah. much doing Harvester and Unforgiven in. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, exciting as hell. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you guys catch Jim Brewer? We, you know what? We didn't. Um, we had lower bowl seats. And um, so we had just kind of stayed at our hotel. And uh, we, we didn't leave until about quarter to eight, you know, and made the six block walk over to the arena. Right. Um, you know, we had we had sat through him in Madison. Which I think, and that, was the, the, I think that was the roughest one, right? That was rough. Well, and also, I, I didn't realize until you guys had actually talked about it on the podcast that the Kohl Center was dry. So, oh, right. That's I mean, right. Yeah. In addition to him starting at like 630 instead of 730. So he was, you know, dragging on for two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was sober. Right. I mean, <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah, it really I, does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we only caught like the last 10 minutes of them or so because um, we stayed out in the concourse after we got there for about half an hour to play bingo. <laughs> with the people watching <laughs> before we went in since it was dark. Yeah, it's a good way to wait for the traffic to die down. You can just play your oh, bingo absolutely. game while everyone leaves. Yep, yep. You know, some people kind of gave us the weird side eye as to, you know, why is he taking a photo of me? But, you know, no one questioned it. It's because you're a mullet lady. It's because you're a That's mullet right, chick. That's exactly. why. Come well, on. No, Jeff's was because it was the cool mom with her teenage daughter wearing her daughter's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> These are pretty inventive categories. Did did you guys come up with these together? Um, no, I, I mean these are just things that we've seen in the past, right. you know. And there are things that we missed, you know, like um, you know, the pregnant woman, or um, you know, well, even a battle vest. So we we've, we've got a a new list of things for next time around. Was it one something like a guy that gets so drunk he has to leave even before the band starts? Wasn't it? Isn't there something oh, yeah. like that? Yeah, some, yeah, there was one like that. Yeah, audience member escorted out for by security before headliner oh my god those people blow my mind because they they finally get to the point that they've been waiting for presumably all day and then they're just yeah. out just like that yeah yeah they jumped over the rail or <laughs> tried to get on stage right. or whatever uh so so hardwired into atlas into seek yep. i love seek being at the top i've mentioned this a few times what it's fantastic you, what are your thoughts i mean are you a hardwired fan are you excited about the new record? i do yeah i've i've had it on uh repeat at work for forever you know so basically run i run out of my podcasts each week you Mm -hmm. know i then just basically throw on hardwire so yeah it's great um the the biggest thing um with from our vantage point with where we were you know we had a great view of like the whole set you know not just the guys but uh, the stage but then also all the cubes Mm. and uh it's amazing the amount of detail that went into the displays on the cubes right um like on atlas it's these i call them tvs but jeff says they're monitors um but i mean like even on the sides it looks like there are the vents and if you're looking at the back on the other side of the stage you see all the outlets and i mean it just kind of blows your mind that okay no that's not real right um they're just the amount of detail very impressive. I've been surprised, <laughs> at least on the videos I've seen, because we're not going to be able to get to a show until January, but I've been right. surprised at how fast they seem to move. They seem really agile. Like, they, they come up and down quick, and I know they weigh a ton, so that must be a yeah. trip to see in person. Yeah, um, they they all, like, are on their own self-real 
thing. Right. Um, I, I, on Metallica's YouTube channel, they've got like a series of four videos from back in April where they talk about the cubes and right. the, the very last one is long with Big Mick about the whole sound and everything. Um, but it's really impressive. I think it said that the whole rig itself is like 22,000 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. Like the cubes are, you know, 350 pounds each or something like that. I wonder it's what crazy. they do. Like, cause they obviously load in and test it all. Like, I wonder how they do upkeep. Like, Oh, two of the cubes aren't working today. I mean, they've got to have someone traveling with them that can just get in there and try to work it out. When I saw them at the stadium tour last year, you know, they have those big, huge screens. And yep. uh, during, maybe during Volbeat, during one of the opening bands, one of the screens was real glitchy in one of the corners. And, oh. I, and I thought, oh, shit, you know, like, that's going to be a bummer if it's there for Metallica. By the time Metallica came on, it was fixed. They would fix it. So I don't know if they got some dude climbing up there or what, but. Right. Um, well, and I meant to ask you too, do you know, do they have like two, uh, like rigs that kind of hop, uh, leapfrog each other to yeah, the different venues? I, I think they have at least two. Our friend who did the pyro episode told us about that. Yeah. I think on the stadium yeah. tour, they may have even had three, but okay. for the arena, they at least have two. Yeah. So like when they're yeah. playing in Milwaukee, they were already had a B rig being set up wherever set they're going to be else. tomorrow night. Um, right, right. Which what's tomorrow night? Let's see here. 18th. You may know. Uh, I Pittsburgh. Don't know. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a hike. Yeah. Yeah. So anything interesting in these three tunes? I know during Seek and Destroy, when they were ending the main set with it last year, they would, like, pull someone up on stage, or they kind of mm. did the whole, like, garage thing at the end of the snake pit. Are they doing anything kind of like that, or are they just doing business as usual, Seek and Destroy? It, it, yeah, it was just business as usual. I did see... um uh, well, on the cubes for Seek, which I hadn't noticed previously, it was like one of them or like one of the sets of cubes. It actually had ticket stubs from the Bradley Center concert. And I want to say 91. Wow. No, that can't be right. But something like that, you know. But So it's like, all right. So they've even, you know, broken that down beyond the flags that they show at the beginning of the right. encore on the it's, cubes. You it's know? similar to on the stadium tour. They would end the show with, like, footage that they had taken that day of whatever yeah. city they were in. Which, you know, they don't they don't have to do that. It's it's interesting that they, they try to pay homage to whatever city they're in. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice anything wrong with Kirk's guitar, but about halfway through the song, his tech was right up at the side of the stage holding up another guitar for him. Ooh. Um, but he never came over and took it. Oh, uh, really? But it was like, yeah, but we were kind of standing, you know, where we were, we could, we had good sight on his tech. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's a guitar. Do you remember which one he was playing and which one the guy may have been handing to him? I want to say it was purple. Okay, the purple sparkle guy. I want to say, I, I mean, I'm not positive. Um, that also could have been the Dracula one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not big on the, you know, the yeah, instruments. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, there are times I wish I knew them better, um, such that I could just tell based on what they are handed. Oh, they're going to start this song now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not at that level. Well, so then for the first first of, of a couple rotating slots, you got Harvester and the Unforgiven. I've never seen Harvester of Sorrow live. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Oh, it's great. It's great. And actually, we saw a very good-sized mosh pit open up, which suddenly made Jeff very happy we weren't on the floor. Um, yeah, I'm not it, at in the that. At the previous shows, you know, they, it just it didn't happen. But these kids were raring to go as soon as, you know, they heard the first couple notes of Harvester. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate that. But part of me, too, is like, who are Metallica fans in 2018 
mosh pitting to Harvester of Sorrow. Like, right? Are they yeah. my? Do I have friends who do that? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> no, I'd... they they look pretty young. Yeah. Were they on the rail? Like, where where kind of where was it breaking out at? Uh, I'd kind of I'd say like halfway back between the rail and the sound table. You talk about being like one of your most prized possessions is Binge and Purge that Jeff gave you. Uh, yeah. So obviously you're a big fan of Binge and Purge. The when they're playing like Whiplash and those circle pits break out, oh, that is so scary. scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I saw that at, at the first show, and yeah, that that was enough for me to you know take a couple steps back and be like I don't need to go to the front. <laughs> I went to an Oasis concert once, and this was in maybe 2000 2001, and I was a big fan of the band at the time. And I waited all day at this festival to get to the front, and when they came out, it felt it felt dangerous, you know, like the crowd oh, was yeah. moving like a wave, and I lost. I was wearing. <laughs> This is a little embarrassing. I was wearing Birkenstocks. I lost my shoes. The shoes gone. Oh, we could have gotten a check for you on bingo. <laughs> Lone shoe and GA. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. You didn't have Bir- yeah. you didn't have Dave Matthews Band t-shirt wearing Birkenstock guy in there, did you? No, but we we did have a t-shirt that is the opposite of Metallica. Fill in the blank. So we could have gotten you there with. Let you know, me ask you Dave something. Matthews. Where do you stand on the whole? Uh, you wear the band that you're going to see play shirt. Do you? We try to uh, wear a Metallica shirt. I pretty much always wear Metallica to any concert I go to. There we go. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. Yeah. My, my wife and I have that debate. She thinks it's, she, she thinks I'm a nerd for wearing a Metallica shirt to a Metallica concert. Oh, yeah. No, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Totally. It, yeah. Especially our spouses. Come on. Right. Yeah. All right. So moving down the set list here, Unforgiven. Uh, that's another one that I've seen pretty much every time I've seen the boys, but I'll take it every time. I love the song. I love Kirk's yeah. solo. How was Kirk? Uh, how was Kirk in good form last night? Yeah, it was great. It was great. And and they had completely different cube display going for that with like people stuck in the cubes. It was wow. kind of creepy. I, th- yeah. I think someone has actually talked about it before on one of the previous shows, but we hadn't seen that. Like it ended and I turned it off. I'm like, have we seen that before? And he just kind of shook his head like, no. <laughs> So Jeff but is yeah, a Metallica. They, is he a Metallica fan, or is he basically just a good husband supporting you and hanging um, with you? He has become a Metallica fan. Gotcha. Uh, it was at, at that show I took him to when we met Jason. Um, it's that that started with Bread Fan, which he was completely lost on. But then right. the second song was Fuel, and he, we were in the suite, and you know, like everybody at the radio station was too cool, so they were all sitting. Mm. Um, so at first we were sitting and he kind of looked like church lady, you know, with his hands just kind of tapping on his knees, right. all prim and proper, except then the second song was Fuel. And then as soon as, you know, two 40 foot high walls of flame went up on either side of the stage, he just, you know, arms up in the air, holy shit. And he was hooked. I love hearing that Fuel was the hook for him. Yeah, I love that. It, well, it was more than the pyro, you know, well, he knew the song, of course, but then the pyro, he was just like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's to the point now where he walks away from, like, I think last night he said Motor Breath was the only song he didn't recognize. Right. Old school. And I was like, well, good on you. I'm like, that's <laughs> you're doing well. <laughs> what did you guys think about the now that we're dead stuff, the, the extended uh, drum stuff they're doing? It, it seems like they enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. I'd like to hear it once without the drum solo. Yeah, you know, they that's what they did you in know? the Austin City Limits Festival yeah. show. And I'm like, oh, that'd be nice. Because I kind of... I think that'd be cool. I kind of forget how much I like that song now just because I know that this kind of long thing's happening. I, I, do, yeah. I do like seeing James have such a good time. And they do, all of them. 
when I first saw them do it, it looked like Kirk and Robert were a little uncomfortable, but I guess at this point they've been doing it for almost two years. Right. No, they, they all seem totally into it. And it's like, well, it's your concert. You should be able to have fun too. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You know, I'll stand through this. That did seem to be like the song where a lot of people went to the bathroom or to get a drink. Cause they knew it was going to be, you know, that little bit longer. I've always felt like, you know, I'm there because I love the artist and I'm on their ride. So I kind of want to go on the ride, you know, whether they're playing kind of like staples or greatest hits or maybe they're doing some deeper cut stuff. Yeah. You know, because a lot of debate, sure. you want to see them play this kind of show, or that kind of show. It's like, I don't know. I'm kind of up for whatever they want to do, really. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, you're there. You're experiencing it. You're with them. You're at the family reunion. Totally. It's a great time. Yeah. Do you have friend, fam, like family type friends, Metallica family type friends that you see at some of these shows? No. I, no, I've not. Uh, I, I'm not like that a, level. Is there like a chapter I, up there or anything? You know, there, I, there's got to be. Um, but, you know, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't participate much anymore on facebook you know so i'm not kind of in with those those pages and those groups right um and so i probably could easily find some people that way but i've got friends now who who do love metallica you know and there were there were four of us on the floor here in minneapolis and we had a great time and i don't doubt that stacy and jackie will go to the next time you know the next time they come back um which is that's good enough for me no i'm similar i until the podcast I, i didn't really know much at all yeah. about the the whole this whole other side of the met family subculture it's yeah. it's a big deal you know um yeah so then you get creeping death which is your seventh time seeing it i know it's fantastic it yeah, was great that's, that's yet another one that i'm a-okay with seeing all the time how is james yeah. sounding yeah. i'm curious to ask is he sounding good is he looking good what is he still rocking the big handlebar mustache yeah, yeah, he 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 looks good. He actually looks a lot like my uncle, or maybe my uncle looks a lot like him. It's it's kind of creepy. Um, uh, yeah, no, but, top two things that dudes never want to hear. You look I like know. you look like my uncle. Oh boy, I know. and it's kind of creepy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, he looks good. Uh, he and Lars, I mean, bless them. They clearly had you know some time off over the summer they yeah. they aren't quite back into their touring shape yeah, yeah. um but they both kind of seem to be of the you know the age and of opinion well fuck it i don't care if the shirt's a little tight right. you could see the love handles um you know but yeah he he's looking and sounding good jeff kind of questioned his vocals a bit in minneapolis he's like it just didn't seem like he could hold you know some of the the notes quite as long hmm. i was like well he is in his mid-50s you know um but no i thought uh yeah Look, sounded good. I don't know why I do this with men I admire, but I'm always like men I admire. Like I'm straight as far as I know, but I feel like yeah. I'm able to maybe identify if a dude's attractive or whatever. And I just because I look up to James so much, I just assume he's an attractive dude. So I get a kick out of like asking my wife, "Do you think James is attractive?" And I'll pull up different eras, you know, of like, you know, load reload era, justice era. I'm always trying to get her opinion on that. So it's interesting to hear. And does lady. she have a favorite? She doesn't find him attractive. It bums me out. Oh. Yeah, I tell her See, she's I, w- I, tell I would her she's think, wrong. like, of, of the eras, you know, she would say, like, load. Yeah, she... He, she <laughs> I mean, she is married to me, after all, but she doesn't like real manly-looking dudes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hate to sort of incriminate myself there, but... Um, <laughs> what's your favorite era, if I may ask? Uh, it, it, I don't like long hair and guys. Okay. 
Um, I mean, I'll take it with musicians. That's fine. But, you know, I, I did kind of appreciate their look when they all cut their hair as much as everybody else seemed to hate it. There was yeah. a minute there when he was like rocking a full mullet with like a scary mustache. And I, I was like, wow, like the badass. shaved sides. It was badass, yeah. but it was kind of cre- scary to me. I like, uh, oh, yeah. I kind of like, uh, I disappear James. Oh yeah. That was fantastic too. He's got right. the hair is kind of spiky a little bit. It's real blonde. He's wearing this cool sunglasses. Yeah. I, I would love to see that show up on one of the sets. Oh my god, me too. They were doing like the I disappear doodle, which we're, right. we're going to get to your doodle here in a second. But yeah, I agree. I yeah. I think that's an underappreciated Metallica song. Oh heck yeah! So for whom the bell tolls, you get to see the majestic crab walk. You get to see Kirk. Yeah. Slouch down and do it with him. Kind of battle it out. Yeah. I'm kind of always afraid Kirk's going to fall now. Now that we've seen that one spill, have you seen right. the, the big spill? Yes. Where yes. he threw in the extra roll. Yeah, yeah, good sport. Yeah, that is a good sport. I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. How about Rob on For Whom the Bell Tolls? What's, so what's what's Rob's vibe all night? Is he just kind of the same old cheerful, good sport Rob? Yeah, he's Rob. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he kind of brings the same thing to the table every show, and I, I, I like that about him. I agree. Totally. Yep. It's hard to believe that he's been the bassist now longer than Jason was. I know. He's like, that still just kind of blows my mind. Me too, because I, I feel so tethered to the Jason era. Yeah. But you know what? I yeah. don't know if you're feeling this way, Tiffany. I'm starting to feel... I'm starting to feel... I'm starting to move away from that a bit. I'm starting to really look at the Jason era as an era that really is kind of over. Whereas I was still maybe for a long time, even until a few years ago, holding on to it. And now it's yeah. like kind of faded away a little bit. Do you, do you feel that at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I totally get it. I, like, from... Uh, Bass playing standpoint, yep, but I so miss Jason's yeah, vocals. Yeah, totally. I, and Rob tries and, you know, Kirk tries, but yeah. good Lord, it's not nowhere near the same. Um, like, especially with Spit, you know, yeah. when they broke up the lyrics, yeah. it was just, even again last night, it was just like, oh, it would sound so much better with Jason. And you guys got Harvester of Sorrow, too, and that's definitely a, yep, a Kirk exactly. Cookie Monster highlight. Yep. Was he rocking yep. the Cookie Monster on the language of the of the Mad lyric? I think so. I, I mean, I it, <laughs> I, I don't remember, but you know, Cookie Monster is Cookie Monster. He he, he could be singing with Five Finger Death Punch. That's true. <laughs> so then you get Fade to Black, and you get the Doodle. Now you yep. predicted accurately because they did Violent Femmes. You you predicted their big hit, but they did Gone Daddy Gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Are yep. you a Violent Femmes well, fan? I, I the, well, the one thing that I, I wondered, well, we both wondered that on the way home was, you know, they've, they take such a beating for the doodle and, you know, also Rob's inability to sing well. That was, was a very like, nice you know, way to say that. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. it, it, but, I mean, I think it's fantastic that he tries. I mean, everything they do is so polished and, you know, so good. And, he, I mean, he, they just, they own the doodle. Right. And they're just, they're having fun. And it's like, yeah, okay, it sucks. But, you know, if it's a song, you know, like up here when they did the, I don't know, no, I don't even remember what the Prince song was that they did. Was it oh, When they Doves did, Cry? They did When Doves Cry, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucked. But everyone here in Minnesota, you know, like Prince or not, you know the song. Right. Everyone was singing along. It didn't matter that he sounded like shit. It was still, you know, it was a cool moment. Um, when they did Gone Daddy Gone, it made me wonder. It's like, well, are you just going to stick to instrumental now and stop singing? Hmm. 
you know, because I mean, there were other options that they could have done, but still, I was very excited the moment it started. I was like, Violent Films! Yeah, you totally called it. Like, I called it. I, for some reason, yeah. I thought Violent Films were from Minneapolis, but they're a Milwaukee band. Yeah. What yeah. are other famous Milwaukee bands? Do you know any off the top my, of your head? My other thought was Bo, the Bodines. The Bodines, yeah. Um, Which they had that Everybody Free, or what is that song? Everybody wants to be. Oh, Closer to Free? Isn't that the Bodines? Mm, it was I like the Party remember. of Five theme song. Uh, yeah, I never watched that. Oh, crap. <laughs> look, I'm a huge Party Sorry. of Five fan. What can I say? I'm just kidding. I'm not. Famous, <laughs> look this up. Famous bands from Milwaukee. Let's see what we got here. List of famous bands from Milwaukee. Yes, and? I'm in this like dressing room Wi-Fi. Violent Films, Al Jarreau, Woody Herman. Stop me when you've known when you know all. Eric Benet, Def Def Jeff, The Promise Ring. I've heard of Al Jarreau. The Frogs, Jesus. I'm scrolling through many. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize. I guess we're gonna be it, Violent mm-hmm. Films for sure. Most famous. Yeah. I like the Violent Films. There you go. All right, moving on through the set list. Let's see here. And Fade to Black, I mean, that's cool. That's kind of the Halo on Fire slot. Would you rather have seen Halo on Fire? At this point, you've seen them both, but do you have a preference? Yeah, um, so I saw Halo twice, so it was kind of fun to see something else. Yeah, and Fade to Black. I yeah, mean, who's you know, going to argue back. with that? That was great. Yeah. yeah. And right. then Motor Breath, the one song Jeff didn't know, which we, I would I would say uh, I would forgive that, not knowing Motor Breath, kind of a deep cut kill em all tune. I'd say, you know, like two-thirds of the stadium didn't know it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing it's fast and short. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody seemed more impressed with what was going on with the Cubes because they really didn't seem to know the song. Wow. But, yeah, it's all right. And they've kind of, that's kind of become a kill em all slot. At first it was, you know, it was kind of a, it was a toss-up between a cover or a kill em all slot, and they seem to be sticking mm-hmm. with kill em all. Then you get Fuel, which I'm yep. sure Jeff was a big fan of. Exactly. I, I now live. I just associate that song with him. Right. Um, so and you know, so that was great because they didn't play that in Minneapolis. Right. They did. They did. Uh, Memory remains. Yeah, that sounds right. And you got to see the pyro. I mean, that's a big pyro moment. Exactly. And I mean, there's just there's significantly less pyro on this tour than I think any other one we've been to. Yeah. Yeah. So the stadium yeah. tour is pretty crazy with the py- the dancing flame and all that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So speaking of flames, moth in the flame. What's the drone sitch? What are you thinking of? Ugh, You're in the lower. They're bowl. mesmerizing. Yeah, they're absolutely mesmerizing. It's amazing. I can't wait yeah. to see it. Yeah, it, the, the the any video you see really just it doesn't do them justice. That's what people um, are saying. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's just. It's very very cool. Uh, when we were in Madison, I actually I saw one fail, um, but it was you know, center of stage and it ended up landing just off of the drum riser um, so that, you know, someone was able to run up and get it after the song. Um, but they apparently weigh, I mean, something ridiculous, like a hundred grams. I mean, mm. they're so light. Um, but yeah, it's, they're mesmerizing. So if one did fall on you, it wouldn't hurt you. That's the deal. Uh, no, no, not at all. Okay. Man, this for yeah. something so delicate, such delicate technology, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even need that gimmick for this. That's one of my favorite Metallica songs, not even just Hardwired. So it's it's cool that they have such a neat trick with such a great song. That's a fun moment. Yep. 
Yeah, and yeah. Then, I was happy to see it on the set. It was like, you know, going into the, the tour, it was like, okay, well, pretty sure they're going to do Moth because they've been doing it for a while. And the other one I really wanted to see was Spit. I was like, all right, I got that at all three. I'm good. Right. Because I don't, who knows if they're going to do it again, you know, next go around. I know. I, it's hard to tell. I, I can't imagine yeah. they would because they're doing it no. so much now. I feel like they're just really letting it live on this tour. Yeah. So it is cool. I do feel bad. Like the one show on the first leg that they didn't do it. You know, they did it every night, but this one night they did battery or something. It's like, I know, but that's the night I would have wanted to be at. Because I, I was like, what? They changed it. Like yeah. there was an opportunity for battery. Damn it. Battery's your favorite, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Let me, let me consult your uh, amazing spreadsheet here. So you have oh, seen yes. battery a few times. Yes. I'm trying to look here. What's the most rare, the rarest song you've seen? I see frantic on here course outlaw torn you've got a no remorse wow no remorse yeah you do have an i disappear you have a holier than thou yeah yeah you've seen some some good rare stuff uh let's yeah see. Not, not too shabby couple of until it sleeps good god i would love to see that back in the set right you've got two ride the lightnings all right yeah you've got a good spread here yeah so right. the remaining of the set sabbat true one puppets what, so Sabbath is the moment where he kind of talks about a kid in the audience, right? Or he pulls, he singles out a kid. Yep, he picked out a twelve-year-old girl who was on the rail right in front of him. I wonder if he plans that, like, because what if there's not a young kid near the rail? I mean, statistically, is there just always going to be one? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they seem to be pretty darn close, even if they aren't, you know, directly on the rail. They're, you know, within two or three people back. Um, that he's talking to but yeah her name was Sophia and he actually ended up dedicating the song to her you know it wasn't just the conversation but then he's like all right Sophia this one's for you you know and then he went into the you know do you like heavy yeah so. it's it does seem like a slightly odd song to dedicate to a child but yeah but who cares but who cares yeah I certainly don't <laughs> I dedicated I, a song to me you'll take whatever song he does it is, it is better than one or master of puppets I will say that right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything unique about Warner Master of Puppets? Um, one for a while there, uh, Lars's drums seemed it, it seemed like either he was off or something was wrong. Um, okay. like I just I kept kind of looking around, like, am I the only person hearing this? Um, but then his tech ended up jumping up on stage during the song, and you know, kind of like Spider Manning his arms through and doing some things, and then it sounded better. So I don't know if just like one thing was off or, or what but i'm guessing um, that maybe some of the mics that clip on to his toms or something were not working okay so he just kind of got the yeah. mics on if it went from like muffled to clear is yeah. that what you mean well and his yeah yeah and his drums his drums were noticeably louder than everything else hmm. um like all night interesting um even from the get-go it was like while the drums are loud um, it, it was fine, but as Jeff said on the way home today, he was like, it's kind of like the drums were set for fuel for the entire show. Right. Um, it was fine. You know, I wonder why that is. I know, I know Big Mick has yeah. talked about the challenges of mixing when the boys are in the round like that rather than when they're right. on one end of the arena. Yeah. I've asked people before that were like in the bowl, so if you had to guess whose side you were I know they move around a lot, but when the boys first came out, kind of who were you closest to? Uh, Kirk, I think it okay, was. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and I mean, we could see Big Mick's head from where we were. <laughs> I mean, so we were we were right behind the the table. 
but you know, seated. It's interesting that he's kind of his own celebrity within the Metallica world. Right. He's such a yeah. character. He, you know, he looks like a cartoon character. He's got the nickname. Yeah. He's been with him forever. Exactly. So they wouldn't played... it be the same without him. I know. Wouldn't it be weird if they had a new guy like little little John? They just got some tiny guy. Like, no, what happened to Big Nick? So Master of Puppets burns down, and that's of course yep. the title track of your favorite record. I'm sure that was thrilling. exactly. Love it live. Yep, it's fantastic. Great way to end. They really do pull it off super well live. That's it's a lo- it's one of their longest songs. It's got super dynamic. It's got that really quiet middle, and they they just nail that tune every time. Yep. So they go split, and you know that they're coming out. You were you thinking they would play Spit, or were you? I- I assumed they would. Um, I I haven't been, you know, scouring the set lists too much, but like, I think it just so happened last week, Monday, when I got to work, I'd pulled up Instagram and I saw they did battery in Austin. I was like, well, fuck it. They're not going to do it in Milwaukee. (laughs) And I was like, that's the end of that. No more hope there. Um, And honestly, I mean, I didn't care what they did last night. You know, anything in that slot would have been great. Right. Yeah. And they they have like an intro tape that they play for it, right? So you kind of know it's coming. Yes. Well, it seemed like half of us knew it was coming. But yeah. What do you think the crowd... What was the gauge of the crowd for Spit? I mean, did people know it? Were people stoked? <sighs> Not as much as I thought they would be. I mean, I mean, didn't everybody get the album for free with their tickets? Yeah. A lot of people sent them to us. I have like 25 yeah. hardware CDs in my garage. Yeah, it just it's like how, how are you not better prepared for this concert? You know, yeah, um, I think that especially because you hear too. they're doing a lot of you know you know going into it they're doing a lot of songs from the free CD you got. It's like how could you not listen to it? And this is one of you know, well in my opinion the best song on the CD. I know. It's, how do you people not know this? But whatever. I know it's it's yeah it's a weird time for for music. I think the whole yeah. giving away a CD with a ticket is it it makes sense. It's a way to it's a way to navigate the climate, but it's there's something weird about that to me too because I don't think a lot of people listen to it. I remember the first time that happened was Prince uh, in 2003. The first time I know of it happening was uh, mm-hmm. he had a record called Musicology. I don't know if you're a Prince oh, yeah. fan for being up there at all, but no. But... On that tour, they gave away the CD to everybody. I remember being like, I'd already bought the CD. You know what I mean? Like I'd already yeah. had the record, so I remember getting it and being like, this is really weird that everyone yeah, who bought yeah. a CD or bought a ticket is going to get the record. Because you know how it is. They're probably going to see Metallica for lots of other reasons, for Black Album stuff or Fuel. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, I also know I'm a rarity in that I have always, ever since a kid with my albums, I listen to the whole album. Right. You know, I don't just listen to that radio single, you know, or cherry pick a couple of them. I listen to the whole thing. And so it's just like, how do you not know this song? I know. I I, I did my hard time with Trapped Under Ice and Escape and Leper Messiah. And yep, Freedom's exactly. of Sanity. I did my time. I know those tunes. Yep. Why don't you? <laughs> well, it's still a treat. And to hear that the crowd's kind of half into it sort of further solidifies my theory that they probably won't be pulling it out after this. Yeah, this is going to be it. Yep. I think they're going to play Moth and Atlas and maybe Halo. I think those might be the only yeah. three that kind of make it, which I totally get. I mean, yep. if they had to have three come from Hardwired that live on, what would they be for you? I'd like Atlas, Moth, and Spit. Yeah, Spit. God, Spit's yeah. so good. I know. But again, it, 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 
you know, he's just listening to it again last night. It's just like, oh, if the vocals had to be split, why couldn't it be Jason singing I it? I wish no, they would try but... it without doing that. Because that's one of my favorite moments of the whole record is that line that James sings, bleeding through the fragile skin part. The part that Rob does is like one of my favorite moments of the whole record. I know, but it's got to be hard on his, you know, it's yeah. just kind of offloading. And it's at the end of the night. The I mean, I get vocal it. Vocal load for him. Yeah, I get it too. It's just, it's a bit of a bummer and he's got to save his mojo for nothing else matters right yeah i, I read a review of the show today and the the music journals was talking about how james is bringing a lot of uh with his age and wisdom bringing a lot of different kind of sauce to the vocal delivery you know like it's taken on kind of a deeper thing do you think that's yeah. true it, it, yeah it was it, it was good and yeah you you can totally see the progression you know yeah. through the performances over the years and with his age and yeah but yeah, it was a. It's a good encore. Yeah, I song. think so. Also, too. you know what's going into Sandman, which is burning down the house. Everyone go crazy for that. Oh, everyone loses their shit. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole arena. At one point, I just kind of I turned my head as far right as I could and just kind of slowly turned left. You know, said I was seeing up and down and floor and the band. And I mean, the whole place is losing their mind. It's just, it's like, wow. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care where you stand on the Black Album. It's live. It's a great song. No, that's so true. That's such a good point. Yeah. You can be butthurt about it or whatever, just not like it. And uh, But if yeah. you go to one of these shows and watch how it connects with everyone in the room. Every single person. And to have a song like that in your pocket, how are you not going to end with it? I mean, I right. totally get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it was fun. Did they do this last year? Did, did they drop the ball, uh, the big beach balls? I don't, I don't think they have done that since World Magnetic. I think that was like a World Magnetic thing, right? They, they did that World Magnetic, but then they did that when they, they opened the U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so it was for, yeah, uh, Enter Sandman, because that was the last song then, too, uh, that they, they dropped the balls. And, you know, that was also just kind of a fun. Oh, so they did drop balls last night. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. uh, gotcha. I'm sorry. In 2016. Gotcha. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen like videos of that Quebec Magnetic and et cetera. And it looks fun. I wish I could be at a show where they do that. Yeah, they're they're surprisingly big. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten a few yeah. and given them out to some listeners. Uh, yeah, it just I love watching the band kick them on the stage and sort of interact yeah. with them too. Yeah, it kind of makes them look more human, you know. Exactly. Sure. Which, is, which yep. is good medicine for me because I just I've idolized them my whole life. I'm like, oh, they're human too. They might fall on that ball just now. That's right. Kirk might yep. slip on a ball and give an extra 17 rolls to make it look natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling us about the uh, show, and thank you so much for supporting hey, no the podcast. I'm glad we finally got to talk. Yeah. Because we've been yeah. going back and forth for a while, and maybe one day we'll be able to go to a show together. There you go. Or at least meet when you come through town. I was a little pissed when I saw that you had been here in Minneapolis, and I didn't realize it until afterwards, back you know, in September. Yeah, but we, we actually come up there a lot. So Do you? How far is Minneapolis from Milwaukee? I should know this, but I don't. Uh, five hours. Okay. We actually get a few more if you, too. you know, stop to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right, which I do, by the way. Right, yes. And the older I get, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we're all beyond the age of trying to get there fast. Right, totally. I'm going to drive the speed limit, maybe even a little less than that. And I'm going to go take potty breaks when I need them because I'm an adult now. Exactly. 
Well, I'm going to let you go. And uh, again, okay. thank you so much. We really appreciate you out there. And I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. Hey, no problem. Good talking to you. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast. And we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios. Adios.